Hi everyone, and welcome to the One Mind Meditation Podcast. This is a show about meditation, mindfulness, and health, and my name is Morgan Dix. Today I'm super excited to share part two of my interview with Atra Nusrat, longtime meditator and new mother, and we're going to be talking all about mindful pregnancy. Before we jump into the show, I want to make a quick plug for Podcastica. What is Podcastica? It's a podcast network, and it hosts some fantastic shows about meditation is part of this network. I encourage you to check it out. Go check out Podcastica at podcastica.com. So first, if you haven't listened to part one of this two-part series, please go back and listen to episode 65. That's the first part of my interview with Atra Nusrat. And that'll give you the background for this episode. So today, in part two, we talk all about mindfulness in the three main stages of pregnancy. And for us, in fact, it was actually four stages because we went through fertility treatment, or IVF, in vitro fertilization, before we got pregnant. So that was its own thing. So in addition to IVF, we talk about how to strive for a mindful relationship to pregnancy itself, to childbirth, and to postpartum, the three main stages of pregnancy. And Atra shares some awesome insights. So we're going to just dive right in. Here's part two of my interview with Atra Nusrat. And oh, my apologies in advance. You'll notice that our little baby, Alia, makes her presence known a few times during the interview. Okay, enjoy. Maybe we should segue now into here we are and we're six weeks into, almost six weeks into being parents. And before you gave birth, everyone, Atra and I had this conversation. We were thinking, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we should talk about mindfulness and pregnancy and mindfulness and parenting. Yeah, maybe we could start talking about some of the different dimensions of what it means to have a mindful relationship to being pregnant. Because I think that'd be super interesting in the context we talk about at the beginning, which is that stress is a huge part of being pregnant. And that's really the last thing you want when you're pregnant. It's not good for you as a mom. It's not good for the baby. And if it gets too much, it can actually jeopardize the health of the baby, the health of the pregnancy, etc. So stress is normal during pregnancy and just as it is during other times of our life. But if, if it becomes constant, the effects on you and your baby can, can really become lasting because when you're stressed, as everyone knows, your body goes into fight or flight mode. And when that happens, your body responds by sending out a burst of cortisol, which is the stress hormone and other stress hormones. And these are the same hormones that surge in our system when we're in danger. So a lot of it is a carryover from our prehistory when we had to kind of run away from dinosaurs and fight saber-toothed tigers and, and try to suddenly fend off mortal danger. So these hormones, they basically, they prepare you to run by sending a blast of fuel to your muscles, making your heart pump faster, drawing resources away from your brain, your ex the executive function in your brain just shuts down. 
so stress is stress is big and then obviously it's just this such a huge life transition it takes a toll on your relationship there are all these things that and i'd love to hear you speak to them because when we were talking earlier after you laid out all these factors you just like chronicled you're like you got to do this you got to do that you got to and there's all these reasons to be really stressed so i thought it'd be helpful at the beginning just to maybe speak a little bit about some of your experiences of like the stresses of pregnancy and then how you manage them what like how you drew upon your kind of in-depth and extensive mindfulness practice to manage them ameliorate them hmm. mitigate them what what was your experience with all this so i i think also maybe part of the context of us becoming you know, me becoming pregnant us oh, yeah, right. expecting is that we uh, went through IVF twice. Yeah. So that in and of itself was obviously a very stressful process and, and, for different reasons. And maybe just explain for, hey, baby. Yeah, Yeah, baby's right here too. She's yeah. part of this interview. <laughs> yeah, baby's going to chime in every once in a while. But maybe explain for everyone what is IVF. Uh, I can't remember what it stands for. Like in vitro fertilization. Right? Yeah. So effectively... I was over 40 when we started trying naturally. It took us a year and a half to realize that this isn't going to happen naturally. So um, right. at the age of 40 plus. So we had already decided that we would pursue IVF if we needed to. And then when we did turn up to the IVF clinic, they said, you know, you're here not a day too soon. Right. And for us, we had been kind of listening to other people saying, don't worry, take it easy. Don't stress, you know, stress contributes to, you know, infertility and, you know, it's vicious cycle, et cetera. So just relax and it'll happen in no time, et cetera. So we kind of let ourselves probably be led by that guidance more than we should have. Part of the whole journey was not actually being very well informed. Right. So you don't, you don't think about these things before you decide you want to get pregnant. And then, you know, obviously you're in the journey then. Yeah. So I think part of what we went through with the whole IVF process was managing uncertainty, uh, a lot of uncertainty, yeah. and then finding out the more facts about what our chances actually were and the percentage kind of success rate for, you know, women my age, it was a lot lower than what we had anticipated. I mean, we didn't really know anything. So you just kind of think, you know, as you said once, you just think it's a silver bullet and you think, oh, okay, we can't do it naturally. Let's just do IVF and get the baby. Yeah. So it obviously doesn't actually really work like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a distinct, well, I think a distinctly maybe male and Western male approach. <laughs> yeah, we'll just do it the science way. Yeah. Well, with me having a science background too, I think I fell into the same trap. Yeah, like, right. That science will take care of it if we can't do it. So obviously you find that that's not necessarily the case. And the doctors are very good about showing the, you the facts and letting you realize, okay, this is not a given. And then when we were going through the IVF process, you know, uh, in the hospital, they go, oh, is this your first round? As as if indicating you're going to be here for multiple rounds. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so it was like, oh, okay. Um, I think in relationship to mindfulness, that was important for us to kind of realize okay, we have to hold a lot of uncertainty here in our experience because it is not a given and it may not happen. Um, and I think for me and for us, I remember when I told my mom that we were trying with IVF, um, she just paused and said, 
Well, God willing, you know, if, again, you know, she's Muslim and she comes, you know, she's very deeply grounded herself in her own spiritual faith. So it was coming from that of like, you know, if it's, if it's in God's world, then it will happen. Inshallah. Inshallah. Yeah, basically. And so I remember for us and for me at that moment, it it was a huge relief, to be honest, because I think we were banking so much on it. And I think this is a, you know, a common trap for people that want to become parents that you get so stressed out about wanting it so much that um, you're, you're, you're terrified really because you don't actually have control. And I think in that moment when my mom said that to me, I just realized we can't control this process. We don't know if it's going to be successful or not. And it, it is out of our hands. It actually is. And there's something about allowing it to be out of your hands, really, really surrendering to the fact that it, it is not in your control. This is actually... It's very humbling. It's it's like it's a it's a great relief to be yeah. honest to not have to worry to try and make something happen yeah. which you don't actually have control over. Right. I mean, obviously, there's some control that you know you can you can throw everything at it, which is what we did, but that's not a given. And there's something in that which I found was beautiful to kind of like really. It, it's as if you're letting life in in you know in a, in a big way where it's not just about. Because I want this to happen, I'm going to do everything, and it's going to happen. It's, I don't know if it's a very Western materialistic way. I guess it is, right? I mean, you kind of realize this isn't in my hands. This is yeah. bigger than yeah. this is bigger than us. Yeah. So I think mindfulness certainly played a role in that of just allowing that to be the case, right. which made our journey, I think, easier. Yeah, I I remember uh, that. I remember that conversation, like you coming off the phone and and remarking that your mom said that. And I, I just remember you emphasizing it too. And that kind of, now that you're bringing it up and, and underscoring it, I do remember it's kind of a pivotal moment mm. for us. And, 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 you know, particularly you, but therefore me, <laughs> me too, just mm. because I, I, I kind of remember a certain quality of let go. And, and I think, yeah. Yeah. And, and also I think it's important to acknowledge, as you were saying, uncertainty i mean because it's always part of our experience and the human experience but it's particularly hard like when you want something really badly mm. and, and especially something like this which is like there's a time limit on it and what when in our case there was and seriously yeah, yeah and it's huge right it's like a life event so it's not like you get another shot at it and mm. so i think there was something about just making that explicit in the way that you did. I think that mm. I, I remember that was like overall is kind of, I mean, more for you than for me, but a pivotal moment. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think throughout the course of the IVF treatment, it was also pretty hairy because you were going through a process which was very time sensitive in relationship to um, you're injecting hormones, basically you're adjust, you're, you're artificially managing the menstrual process and you're resetting hormone levels, et cetera, and it's being tracked very closely and you're being told what to do. And in our case, at least, we were told what, you know, what our dosage for certain hormones that we were having to inject over the phone. (laughs) I remember being so freaked out that I wouldn't remember it correctly or, you know, having to ask them to repeat it and get it written down and everything. And it always moved, seemed to be moving so fast. 
And it was so time sensitive and, you know, crucial that we got those numbers right. That was very stressful. Mm. And again, I think it was, it was having some reserve in ourselves to manage the uncertainty of the process of that. All right, we're in something. We're kind of like, you know, we're, we're in the shoot. We're going down and it's going really fast and it's kind of out of, of our control. We, we don't know the territory, right. but we're, we're having to put our feet one step in front of the other anyway. Right. So I think that was our experience. And I, and I do think, you know, our sort of reservoir that we could draw upon of just being able to handle our own internal experience was very helpful and kind of buoyed us through that whole period. Mm, mm. Totally. And then I guess when we, we finally found out we were pregnant, that was obviously wonderful because it was a second round of IVF. The first round was unsuccessful. I, I remember I was going through quite a challenging time at work, only in relationship to managing other people. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. And, and um, I think the first time we found out that I that the IVF was unsuccessful, I was ha- I had a terrible day at work, terrible, and that was in relationship to managing some staff. But again, it's just like I just had to roll with it. I just had to roll with it. And you know, even hearing this news, which was very, you know, it's not what we wanted to hear, given we knew our time was very limited. Yeah, just had to roll with it. Yeah. And then I think when we found out we were pregnant, when I was pregnant. Again, throughout that whole time, we've had to hold the uncertainty of will this go to term because we don't, our time window and all the possibilities are very limited for us. So I think we're kind of holding our breath the whole way through. Yeah. So that's one dimension. Yeah. I don't know if you want to say anything else about that, but otherwise I can talk about the other points that we covered. No, I I think that's great. So I think throughout the pregnancy, obviously, this is our first time. So you're readjusting to things happening in your body that, well, you know, you uh, don't actually, know. Actually, sorry, mm-hmm. Do you, are you going to circle back to work stuff again? or was Yes. Okay. Yes, you, yes. You, okay, you'll come back to that. All right, great. Yeah. So, yeah. So one becomes pregnant and things start happening in your body that you have no idea if they're right or wrong. Or one does, you, yes. One does. In a certain way, you're just allowing yourself to kind of get in touch with how it's affecting you yeah because you don't even necessarily know um for me i do feel as though my pregnancy fortunately was very trouble free we didn't really have we didn't have any complications um in terms of morning sickness and everything i i was never actually physically sick but i would get nausea and i'd have to manage my food intake very you know on a regular basis that was the main ordeal for me to be honest and so I didn't have to navigate any serious issues. But what I did have to manage, which a lot of women will have to manage, is working while you're pregnant and then, you know, everything that entails. So I think this is where it probably played in the most. Because actually, when I found out I was pregnant, not long after that, one of my staff decided to resign. My boss's husband was diagnosed with cancer. Right. Right. And I couldn't, I didn't want to tell my boss that I was pregnant because she had just heard this news that her her partner, her husband of 20 plus odd years, whatever, was diagnosed with cancer. So I was kind of actually bearing quite a lot during those early months of pregnancy. Right, because you would have had to tell her that, yeah, I'm going to be going on maternity leave and it's going to be right at this moment and da-da-da. 
Oh, yeah. So I didn't want to put it on her because she had enough to deal with in terms of managing her own change in circumstances like that. And then we'd lost a, a, a member of staff. We're a very small team. So having to manage that. And so for me to throw in, oh, and by the way, I'm pregnant, I just felt I didn't want to do that. Yeah. So I, I was having to support her, make up for the fact that, you know, this other member of staff wasn't around and be pregnant at the same time. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and start a whole new process to find new staff. Yeah, I had to do that. I mean, on one on one level, you know, having lost that person in terms of staff was actually helpful for me just because I, I was going through those first three months of pregnancy at that time. So depending on how bad your morning sickness is, it's not that easy to kind of carry on through a full day of work and have your full attention and be able to, you know, accomplish all your work at the pace that you could before. So in a certain way, I had a little bit of a reprieve because I was able to work more at my own pace, um, which I'm fortunate enough to be able to do anyway. My work situation generally is very positive and it's fantastic. I love it. But this was the challenge at the time. Mm. You know, I was having to navigate all of that. And yeah, it was actually helpful that I had a bit more space. Yeah, right. But then, yeah, so then I had, we were, we actually had a full conference, like six, no, yeah, 600 plus person conference that I was kind of in the middle of facilitating between uh, three different um, trade associations or membership associations and we had this in Boston at the time and while just, I was can you say where you work there's a, a center for integrative medicine which is based out of Harvard Medical School and Brigham Women's Hospital so they're very you know prestigious organizations and we specialize our particular center specializes in integrative medicine so we were holding a conference on integrated medicine in relationship to cancer, fascia, and um, acupuncture. Mm. So there were three different societies based on those different disciplines that came together that we were facilitating. I was key in that. So yeah. <laughs> this is all happening yeah. while I'm kind of like three plus months pregnant or whatever. Yeah. So, and I'm sure there are a lot of working women that have to do all the same thing as you're going through it. So, just the pressure of work, I think, is something that you have to be able to give yourself space around, that you know you cannot keep up the same level of energy and attention, and, and at the same time, you know, depending on where you are with it, you, it obviously varies for women, for every, for every woman. I mean, I found doing that work, I loved it, but um, navigating more of the staff issues was more stressful to be honest hmm. but i think the main thing was that um you you allow yourself that space internally you have to you have to allow your inner experience to kind of go where it goes and not get stressed out about what happens right. inside you right um i think that's probably the most important thing because also as i progress through um hiring somebody else and Etc. Etc. The main thing I found is that you have to allow yourself to have a buffer between other people's experience and yours. You cannot absorb other people's stress. That's because that's what's going to happen when you're in the working environment. It's whatever you're doing, you're bound to, you know, come across stress, stress stressful situations. So, how do you relate to that? Mm. Do you allow it to stress you out? Right. Or do you allow it to kind of like be what it is and have a little bit of space between you and what's coming at you right? so that it doesn't kind of keep 
uh, well, it doesn't increase in you. So you're not kind of like allowing it to feed on something in yourself and then working in yourself into a cycle of stress. Yeah. So I felt for me, I did feel as though that um, my ground, you know, over the past 20 plus odd years, it's not something that's at the forefront of my mind, but those years of experience of meditating and doing spiritual practice are a ground and a resource for me to kind of deal with that. And again, it wasn't something that was that I was doing consciously or deliberately, but I think I'd already created that space inside myself. I, there was enough familiarity with my the own my you know my own mind and the workings of my own mind, and you know I do feel we were trained over time to kind of like recognize our own thought patterns, recognize our own emotional turmoil and ups and downs, and not get completely sucked into them. And have space around that. So I think it's part of who we are now. Yeah. So I do feel as though that definitely helped carry me through the whole pregnancy. You know, yeah. in, in, independent of what I might have been coming across. You know, and um, I think we also spoke about it. So that's in the work context, which I felt was probably the most stressful aspect of, you know, progressing through pregnancy. Yeah. And dealing with that. And you really worked right up to... You know, the last minute. <laughs> yeah, right. You worked up to, you went the last week, and then it was the next, and then you did. You worked on Monday from home, and then Tuesday you gave birth. Yeah, and Tuesday morning I was emailing saying I might not be able to make you on the phone call this afternoon, but here's yeah. my two cents worth. Yeah, and then that was it. Yeah, off offline. Yeah. So I, you know, wouldn't necessarily recommend that to other women, but I mean, and here we are. Um, here we are. I, I was. It worked for me. I was taking my maternity leave, you know, on a certain date, which I thought would. I actually thought it was going to give me another week uh, before my due date, because my due date was that following Saturday. But you know, we, I actually went into labour a few days early, mm. so I wasn't planning to work up to the very last minute. I wanted to give myself a week off beforehand, but as it turned out, that's not what happened. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I managed it. But what what else were we saying in well, terms you, of yeah? So we you were talking about work and kind of you were describing the kind of in a certain way the mechanisms of mindfulness yeah that you had during during the work and and just to summarize because I think that it was helpful before you shift into the next phase it was you know there's an implicit context that you described of your meditation practice your spiritual practice over the years which allowed you a certain both space and a buffer around your own internal ups and downs, but also around other people's ups mm. and downs that kept you from absorbing. Oh, hello, someone's dreaming. <laughs> and kind of kept you from uh, absorbing other people's stress, which I think is a very, you know, it's a, that given that we're always in relationship Mm. having that capacity is one of the, ten, I mean, it's a core tenet of mindfulness to know what's coming from inside of you versus outside of you, but then to also understand the triggers that kind of move between oneself and the other. I mean, that that's obviously, it's huge because so yeah. much of the turmoil in our lives, significant portion of that comes through relationship. And yeah. so... I, I I found it very useful to hear you describe 
a mindful context in relationship to that and how you're able to let go or sidestep some of the stress that comes from yeah. that. And, that, and yeah. I found that that was very clear. Well, actually, just as you're saying that, it's making me think even the ability to recognize what was stressing me out yes. is useful. Yes. Because to be even able to identify, okay, you know, this is happening and I'm experiencing you know, friction. Why is that? Where is it coming from? And just being able to identify, okay, this is why this is happening because of these particular circumstances. And, yeah. You know, because of, you know, perhaps a, a certain exchange or, or, or a certain individual and how, you know, that exchange is happening between you. Um, and it may not even be directed at you, which it wasn't in the, in the cases I'm thinking of. It was just the context was created of, you know, somebody else was stressed out and they were injecting that into, in a certain way, the collective kind of context that I was in and realizing this is what's happening. Yeah, and it's it's not that it, something was directed at me. That's pretty obvious when somebody's coming at you and that's stressful. But it's when a stressful environment was being created, yeah. and I was part of that environment. Yes, realizing okay, it's a great this is what's happening. Yeah. This is what's happening, and it's affecting me. And identifying the source of that stress was coming from somebody else, not necessarily even intentionally, but you felt the frequency of your experience as one of agitation, and your consciousness was kind of cramping basically, because you knew that that was actually what somebody else was experiencing yeah. and feeding into your shared environment. Yeah. So that, I think, was very helpful. Yeah. It's almost as if that's the first step to yeah. identify it. Yeah. The a ambient stress is a big, it's, it's huge, you know. Yeah. yeah. Because if you don't recognize that, then you're going to take it out on somebody else. So, you know, you just experience stress and you think I'm stressed and you have to find release. So obviously I think the mindful relationship to it is knowing, oh, that's what that is. I don't want to then perpetuate it. Basically. Right, right. So, and, I, you know, I think to some degree I was able to do that. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, and you, you, I remember you coming home and talking about it. Yeah. I remember it was very conscious on your part yeah and obviously it helps to talk about it so. yeah but um and again so to, in terms of talking about it communication for us you know we know that we found that communication is absolutely key because yeah. i think if we are okay to move on some of the other aspects of you know how mindfulness played into managing stress and just going through the whole process of yeah. pregnancy is your 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 internal experience changes to what it was prior to pregnancy. So and you don't necessarily know how it affects you. I think that's important to kind mm -hmm. of as a woman to realize, you know, you may be going through changes and you don't even recognize them internally, but they're real. And then you expect your partner or whoever else you're close with and in you know in relationship with to somehow know that. <laughs> and that's not necessarily going to be the case. Um, right. Unless you are able to, in some way, communicate, I'm, you know, I'm feeling um, whatever you're feeling. You know, I, I'm, I'm hurting right now. I'm hungry. I'm starving. I need to eat, <laughs> and you know, it has to happen now. Yeah, yeah. You know, these things have to be communicated. Otherwise, you know, things are just going to roll on, and you're going to get, I'm going to get stressed out, mm. and then I will kind of freak out and take it out on you or yeah. whoever else yeah. because somehow you don't understand how urgent this is for me right now. Yeah. 
because it's real. It's, you know, you're physiologically, you are actually being compelled, you know, for to, to, to feed the little growing fetus inside you that, and you actually have to eat right there and then. Yeah. And so all of a sudden what was would have been normal to just kind of, hey, I, I need to get a bite to eat and you can wait half an hour, an hour, whatever. That's no longer the context that you're operating in. But your partner doesn't know that because yeah. they don't have your internal experience. Yeah. So being able to recognize that in yourself and communicate it, that is so important. So yeah. I just think... Well, yeah, it absolutely, right? Because it, it reduces, well, it reduces stress for you, but certainly reduces stress for me too. And then mm -hmm. it naturally reduces ambient stress. I mean, it just, everyone is less stressed. And it, it felt like that's, you know, we were benefiting from a solid foundation of, yeah. you know, having built and worked at our communication over 12 years. And yeah doing so through repeated face plants and uh, ongoing, you know, finding our way through friction to inevitably discover, oh, you know, assumptions are usually made on both sides and, and everything you said, you know, there's all sorts of poor communication that ends up resulting in what often at the end of the day are pretty relatively gross misunderstandings or yeah. just lack of real... yeah understanding where the other person's coming from and yeah. my, so much of mindful relationship is just ha again coming back to that space mm. of of yes self-understanding but then also just space to hear see understand the other your partner yeah. and and that that's never just unidirectional right it's just mm. it, it has to come from both sides and Otherwise, it's it's not going to be mutually rewarding, nor is it going to really have the, in, I think, ultimately the intended effect, which is kind of, in this case, really re reducing the any unnecessary stress and being able to navigate a pretty, well, a relatively um, mercurial situation, up and down and sideways. And, and you know, suddenly it's like, all these new variables and and yeah I, I think you hit it hit the nail on the head with the <laughs> communication it's just like it's so core yeah and, and i think you know we've obviously built that over time over the you know 12 years that we've been together but i think again it's our shared foundation through our spiritual practice and our own training and mindfulness that we appreciate our you know how important it is to have your own self-reflection of like what am I thinking? What's my thought process behind this? You know, how much conviction am I throwing at, you know, this particular idea that this is what happened? And how much room do we have around how convinced we are about right. our picture of reality? Right. And allowing a certain porousness to, well, maybe that's not the whole picture. Right. And I, and I think that's come from, you know, our own self-examination that we've both had to do over yeah. the, the years through our spiritual practice. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like the more convinced you are, suddenly that becomes a little bit more of a red flag often because you're just like, mm. hmm, I seem awfully convinced, but have I really, have I really looked at why I'm this convinced or why I am absolutely certain I'm right? It's, it's almost as if the more intense one's emotional experiences or, 
or ideas, the more careful you kind of realize, all right, I need to be careful here because otherwise I'm going to throw something out here, which might not be justified because I might yeah. not necessarily have the whole picture here. Yeah. And um, I think with with time, you, you can navigate the, the ups and downs of your own internal experience around that. Yeah. And um, not necessarily say everything that comes to mind. Well, that and that's really helped a lot is like, yeah. you know, even recently knowing, like having had some very sleep deprived days that some of the better things we've done on both sides is just to keep our mouth shut. Keep our mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) And then laugh about it later when we, and we disclose what our actual thought processes were. Yeah. So that's jumping ahead to post. Yeah. Yeah. So that's getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. But yeah, no, it definitely feels like we've had different kind of phases that we've gone through in relationship to what we've had to manage and the stress around that. And, um, yeah. So, so we've gone through the pregnancies. That's more or less the main thing, I think. You know, managing everything you've got to deal with in terms of being pregnant physically, emotionally, psychologically. Then all of the practical things you have to deal with, like organizing your shower or working with people who are organizing your baby shower. You know, getting your cover for work organized, making sure all your insurance stuff is covered, and you know how you know, if you have um paid leave which obviously not a lot of people do in america but you know what you can get you know getting that all in place all of these things and then giving yourself space and kind of having a little bit more forgiveness with yourself that you're not gonna get everything done you just won't and just knowing that okay as long as i get the crucial things done you know one day at a time taking one day at a time just like i just got to get this one thing done and then I can move on to the next one. I think that's really important. Otherwise, you just freak out thinking yeah. of how many things you've got to do. Yeah. And a lot of them you just don't necessarily know how to do. Yeah. So I think the next thing, I mean, I know we'll try and get through this a bit more quickly, but um, actually approaching delivery, obviously one aspect I just realizing to cover with term, in terms of being pregnant is, and I've had this probably my whole life, fear of giving birth. You know, as a woman – you know, you just kind of mm. like, oh my God, I've got, I've got to go through delivery, and that's terrifying. Yeah. And I know there's a lot of support out there for women. As I think, you know, I've seen workshops, etc., for how to manage, you know, your experience around fear of coming up to delivery and um, the pain. And you know, obviously, uh, women decide to take different approaches to that in terms of natural childbirth. You know painkiller-free approaches and whether you take the epidural or not, all of these are important decisions that you kind of got to think about. You know, what are my values and how do I want this to go? Yeah. But I think for me, it was like, yes, I'm terrified of the pain. Um, No, I didn't really want to have an epidural just because I felt, okay, I don't know what the side effects could be. I did end up having an epidural and I felt very grateful for it and I felt the hospital, you know, did a fantastic job in the whole timing yeah. so that I, my experience was actually very good but leading up to it that's something i realized at a certain point i just thought okay i've got to deal with the fact that i'm pretty scared about what i'm about to go through and i realized my internal experience was it's almost as if you're trying to run away inside yourself when you can't because it's, yeah. it's a one-way street yeah. there's no way around it yeah it's coming it's coming and you, you, there's no way around it, basically. And so in a certain way, having a base of a mindful relationship to that, I really, I just, I just had to just deal with it. I thought, okay, 
I just got to allow the fact that this is the case. And I remember, I think it was, um, I just had to think beyond the birth, beyond the delivery of like, there's something bigger going on here than me just kind of being terrified about the fact that I'm going to go through a lot of pain. Yeah. There, there is a new human being potentially coming into being. Uh, and I think when I got in touch with that, I've just really just forcing myself to look beyond my internal experience of terror. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm actually making room myself for, look, that's not the only thing that's going on here. I'm in a process which is so life positive, which is absolutely amazing, which we work so hard to come to, you know, in terms of what we've been through to get to this point. Yeah. And um, the preciousness of the moment, the preciousness of what we were in, the beauty, the mystery, the kind of like the, the fragility of a new life coming into being and somehow feeling you're more connected with the cosmos in some way. I think, you know, you do feel that somehow there's a permeability between life and death when you're going through this kind of transition of you're going to be bringing a new human being into this world. You know, you feel that permeability somehow between reality and life and what comes before and what comes after who knows but um yeah i think allowing that to just come into my experience was a big relief and it put my fear in a little bit more into context of okay yes you know you're going to go through something but look at what that's part of you know, yeah look at, you know allow yourself to let that in that this is what you're actually doing you're actually allowing a new life to come into being and yeah. it's beyond you. Yeah. So I think I had to force myself to go there. Yeah, to kind and, of expand your your yeah. framework. Yeah, I did. And I knew that was an important moment just to be able to kind of go into it. And again, I didn't take any classes. I didn't go into any workshops, which I know are out there, which I'm sure women will find helpful, which is in relationship to mindfulness and being able to you know, relax and be calm around yeah. this whole very real part of a woman's experience of going towards delivery. Yeah. And then I think when we got to delivery, our, our story was that we weren't expecting to go into hospital and, and stay there that day on the Tuesday morning that I actually gave birth because I was experiencing, you know, this was about four or five days before my due date, but I was experiencing a couple of things which I thought, oh, I just want to check in with the doctor about this if it's okay. And so they said, why don't you come in and have a, you know, just get a stress test done where they just monitor the baby's heart and movement, et cetera. So when we went into the hospital, we took our hospital bag just in case, but expecting just to do the stress test and come back. And of course, when we got there, the nurse said, uh, your doctor thinks it's a good day to have a baby. Right. So um, they had lined me up for being induced, um, which we hadn't planned, but because of my age, which was 42 at the time, and the fact that, you know, I was almost full term, I, I was I think I was post 39 weeks, right? Yeah, you were full term. Yeah, so I, was, so I, was, I was 39 weeks. And so that's effectively, you know, we were literally a couple of days short of 40, 40 weeks. So she said, let's just, you know, take care of this. Let's do it today. So I remember I felt relief, actually. I don't think you felt relief straight away. No, I didn't. I, I did. It's like all of a sudden I just adjusted. Like, okay, it's going to happen. It's going to happen today. And at the same time, I felt the fear as well. I felt all of that at the same time. But I think, again, I was able to hold all of it in my experience. I think that's what I was able to do. Yeah. And um, kind of go with it, you know, yeah. as the whole thing was unfolding. 
And then when the contractions really started happening, you know, you were there holding my hands and I was kind of crushing your hands. Yeah. But, um, and I think you, you know, certainly could speak to this more because you saw it. But I know where, as I was going through the contractions, I was just kind of like, I think I just allowing them to kind of go through me. I don't know. And I, maybe I just have a high pain threshold because that's what people did say. But I was able to just go with them and just hang in there. And then, then you know, then we actually had the epidural when I realized that I wasn't going to be able to do the whole thing without it. Yeah. But um, I remember you said a couple of words to that, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you certainly didn't betray the fear. I mean, I know you mentioned it once or twice to me <laughs> leading up to giving birth but it was not something that my whole life i'm terrified of giving birth yeah well (laughs) i didn't want to have kids because i thought i don't want to go through the labor yeah so i you know everyone i didn't really know that and actually didn't really convey that or betray it and my general experience of course after the epidural she was like kind of joking around and and hamming it up but as the pregnancy was (laughs) like progressing but Leading up to it, I think it was just like you said, you were, I felt you were just like in the zone. I thought I thought you were just like, as they were coming, you were just becoming more and more focused, more and more inward, more, you know, you were like holding my hand, like you said, really just, you had a iron lock, like a vice grip on my hand. And I wouldn't have guessed that you could do that because you were, <laughs> you definitely crushing my hands, but it was like, there was an inward focus and it was just you know it was quiet you know you were just kind of deep felt like deeply deeply in your body deeply deeply Mm. with kind of what was happening and again this is just my view from the outside and super focused yeah because i wasn't aware so much of what was going on outside of me between those contractions it's true just holding your hands that was about it i was just holding your hands yeah and going through them yeah Mm. yeah so I guess, yeah, after the epidural, everything was a lot easier. Yeah. But um, that, that was key, obviously, through that, through that moment. And then I think postpartum, we've had a very different experience. And everybody says your, your experience will completely change, life will change completely, you know, leading up to the delivery. Everybody said get as much sleep as you can because you won't get any afterwards. Yes. And you know, we've definitely witnessed, experienced that firsthand now. But um, it's a whole different set of – you're in a different playing field after you've actually given birth because your your relationship changes, you know, obviously between us because now there's three. Yeah. So it's so interesting how all of a sudden your couple relationship goes into the background because you're trying to navigate how on earth do we relate to this fragile new little person that we don't know how on earth to look after yet? Yeah, yeah. And so the stress levels, I think, for both of us kind of went through the roof of like you're scared because you don't know what the right thing to do is. And then I think this is my my experience of like your own very deeply conditioned values and responses start coming out of like, well, this is what I think is the way to handle this. Yeah. And so in a certain way, we had more knee-jerk responses in the first couple of weeks, much more knee-jerk responses and very um, 
loaded with our own emotional kind of conviction around them. Yeah. <laughs> of like, this is the way to do it. And no, no, you do it you this don't way. don't do it like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think... I was probably... I bet there was a little bit more finger-wagging in one direction than another. Oh, from me to you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there was. There was. I, I would admit that. that There certainly was. Well, because also, I mean, how conditioned is it? The mum, because you just assume you know better because oh, you're the mum. And and you probably do. I mean, there's just some instincts that I think mums have that we that the guys don't. And, like, you, you know, you as a guy, at least me, I... You know, you're, you're a certain way. I don't know how to describe it, but you cer- certain things you think. You know, you play it a little fast and loose, as it were, and and that terrifies the mom. Yeah, right? and that terrifies the mom. <laughs> Elicits all sorts of reactions and 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 kind of reflexive responses, which yeah. I think they all make sense. And you yeah, know, I'm glad we can we can laugh at them. And but you see, because this is what's interesting. Yeah, but this is what's interesting, like how much of it is instinctual and how much of it is culturally conditioned. Right. Like, and I, I'm sure it's a mix, and I don't know if we can necessarily pass apart the two. Yeah. Because I agree. I think there are some things which are instinctual, and, you know, how men and women, you know, relate to things also plays into it. But that's what I feel as literally as if there are so many layers in our human experience yeah. that are deep-rooted that come to the surface. Yeah when you, you're kind of in this pressure cooker situation, especially yeah. the first couple of weeks, yeah. where everything's on the line, you know, this little infant is on the is on the line based on what you choose to do or not to do. And because you you don't know, you know, we didn't read the manual on how to be a good parent, you know, prior to having the baby. Yeah. I don't know if that actually exists out there, but you kind of realize, you know, you feel so unprepared. And so all you've got to go in is your instinctual, you know, reactions and your, yes. your opinions and yeah, and the opinions, yeah, and the opinions of family and other, pre, yeah, pre, other moms and stuff. Yeah, you're, you're clutching at what you think is best, and yeah. Then your own kind of tendencies as personalities can clash, yeah. which they did, yeah. And it's almost as if what you normally have space in the couple relationship to kind of navigate and handle, because you know they're you know, you're you and I'm me and, you know, we'll figure it out together and, you know, you have your space, I have my space and, you know, we can negotiate this. But when all of a sudden you've got this shared interest in this little baby, which is, you know, part of you is in that, your level of investment shoots way up. (laughs) And all of those areas of tension become all the more kind of amplified. Well, yeah, and and because mostly they're happening in a context of pretty – radical oh. sleep, sleep deprivation so yeah the, you you yeah. also feel physically emotionally and mentally on edge and and yeah. you know your threshold which is usually made you know you got look usually a little bit more kind of bandwidth and reserves is it, just thin and Normally, frayed yeah. yeah 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 you're right you know you're just right yeah. on the edge and you don't have yeah. that and so it's like i think that for me anyways has been one of the more instructive parts of this is like well how you know how do you bring a mindful approach which is a, another way of saying how do we restore sanity how do we how do we do this in a way where where we're actually together in it in a way that's useful constructive loving mutually supportive and and also taking into account 
one's own needs and the needs of the other, etc. Especially yeah. the needs of the of the new little, you know, our little baby. And yeah, I think that's been a really interesting thing. I feel like we've, you know, there've been different things. I know I've started to meditate a lot more. That's helped me. And yeah. th that's after a, a bit of a hiatus and a, hel a healthy hiatus, I would say, but like, so yeah. that's helped me. But also, you know, I feel like our communication has bumped up several levels, like just in terms of like, there's just more, we're, it suddenly feels like we're in this constant process of refining and tweaking and, and like, you know, building, creating yeah. our whole framework for m managing this new little life we're responsible for. And, and, and it's just like, that just takes an enormous amount of teamwork. Mm. Yeah. No, no, no I, I definitely feel over the weeks where the pressure is eased um, yeah. somewhat. Yeah. I, I, I feel as though when we were able to identify our experience was so charged because of sleep deprivation that helped in relationship to whenever we were going through one of those crunch moments to have more space around it because you kind of know, okay, this is most likely being amplified because I haven't had enough sleep. Amplified and distorted. Undistorted. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's also a time when your, your mom came and relieved us for one night and so we could go out for dinner and it was all of a sudden it's like oh there you are yeah. that's you yeah yeah <laughs> i forgot you were like that yeah. i thought you were like this and this and this and this <laughs> <laughs> well it in in as we're talking there's like so much of mindfulness is managing your perspective right yeah and one of the best ways to manage one's perspective is through space you know mm. how many what are all the different ways you can create space because in that space it's like you can reset, you can refresh, things can settle, things can emerge. And, and, and there's that sort of natural organic metabolism of life experience that, that can happen in a way that's not compressed. When you're striving for mindfulness, you're striving to just let more space be part of the experience. Mm. But I was really thinking about this thing about like we're we're managing our perspectives and that and that's yes. so much what mindfulness is about and that it totally. becomes very challenging in a context that we were just talking about with sleep, radical sleep deprivation, new responsibilities, eject being totally ejected from the normal routines of your life, the the normal cues, the normal rewards, oh, yes. the normal routines. All, yeah. all the things that give your life a sense of like kind of grounding are annihilated from having yeah. this baby. And like, that is like why we're also doing this show is because if you're a new parent, you, you go through this, you can't really avoid it. And trying to provide some helpful, I hope, context to saying, hey, you can in the middle of it that you can't really avoid the chaos, but you can, yeah. you can really, yeah, we're, we're still talking to each other, you know, yes. right. good. <laughs> and, but you can strive <laughs> to manage, you can strive to manage your own perspective on it all. And that we found that that makes all, that makes all the difference. Yeah. I think there was a certain point when I realized, okay, I've got to make just a little bit more effort here to do that. Cause yeah. otherwise it will just go into default. Yeah. So you just, you, it's almost as if you have to force yourself even within, even in the midst of all the sleep deprivation of like, okay, 
it doesn't give me the right to just, you know, trample all over this because I'm completely sleep deprived. Yeah. deprived. It's not even that it doesn't give me the right. You realize you don't really want that. It's kind of like right. you, you kind of you grok it yourself that you realize, okay, this is probably, as you said, you're distorted and amplified. And if I just give a little bit of space in myself, all of these things that are going through me, I know they're related to the fact that I'm terribly tired <laughs> right yeah, now. Yeah. And that there are certain things that I know need to happen. And like you said, you know, I think I think there is some instincts around what I've I've kind of felt this is what would be good to do. And kind of thinking, okay, I need to, like, again what we've covered, I need to be able to communicate this. <laughs> yeah. I need to be able to communicate this in a non-stressful way, in a way which isn't polarizing between us just because I feel strongly about it. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, you, you you want to make that effort in yourself because you think it's not going to happen. Otherwise, if I don't do that, it will just be friction right. that's being generated. Right. And it's not really through anybody's fault. It's just the circumstances and you, yeah. you want to kind of get through it. Yeah, totally. And wouldn't you say, I mean, now I think also there's ways in which like there's certain moments when it becomes such a kind of shit show that all you can do is laugh. And I, oh, yeah. I feel like that we've hit that point now a couple of times and that those are always like kind of refresh. It was just like things <laughs> build up to such a point of absurdity that all you can do is just like, it forces you to like go of every, and then you just laugh. And I feel like mm. there, there've been times where we've like, that those have just been really intimate, beautiful moments where we just mm. like laugh our asses off because it's, mm. it's so off the charts, like whether it's to oh, do yeah. with poop or sleep deprivation or whatever. But I feel like I've really enjoyed that. Yeah. yeah some of the, Wait, yeah, It's ahead. almost as if you, you, you're becoming more familiar with those patterns. Yeah. And I I kind of feel as though we're, we're less scared in ourselves of doing the wrong thing. Yeah. And so there's more room for those, you know, those exchanges to be happening and for us not to be feeding our own stress into them. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Like we, we are, we, we're, we're learning, we're kind of navigating it. So I think, you know, our, our kind of relationship to it, um, is loosening a yeah. little bit with yeah. every day that we gain a bit more confidence in ourselves and you know what we're doing. That's cool. I, yeah, that's it. That's a good way to put it. It's loosening. We're loosening up. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. So I think, anyways, I mean, there's there's all there's a lot more I feel like we could cover, but anyways, I think I think we've kind of done a a nice flyover and. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, there's one thing I just did want to mention because, like you said, that you started meditating again. You know, in in a way which has naturally fallen into with the baby as well. I might yeah, add. that's right. Um, I got the baby I, strapped to my chest when I meditate. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, I have not actively meditated, but what I I did used to do while I was pregnant, it's like when I would wake up in the morning, I would just. And pregnant women will find this that you know their sleep is disturbed, and you're waking up at all kinds of times at night. You know, yeah. Whether it's to go to the bathroom or whether you're just awake, and I would just be listening. I would just be allowing myself to relax and kind of like, in a certain way, open myself up to the sounds outside our four walls of our yes. apartment. Yeah. So you'd kind of feel connected, and 
for me, that was, you know, and I think you call it soundscape meditation. So I don't know, mm-hmm. but uh, to me, that was my kind of source of meditation in a certain way at the time. Yeah. Like, you know, how can you find your own way to allow that relaxation space to be part of your experience, whether yeah. it's active meditation or, or something else. But yeah. finding some way for, for you to kind of not just be trapped in your own internal emotional psychological experience, but connected to something deeper and bigger and more spacious. Yes. Yeah. It's very helpful. Totally. I, just wanted, I just wanted to mention that. that yeah. You know, I didn't necessarily go actively meditating, but I, I, I definitely drew upon that. Um, yes. Yeah. Essence I, of meditation. Totally. Yeah. I've always felt like that kind of conscious listening is, for me, has always been one of the more powerful modes of meditation and, and mindfulness, just because I feel yeah. like the, the, there's just this quality of release from, like you said, the, the thought stream mm. that, you know, is very naturally very relaxing and there's a sense of communion with life in that yeah and and actually getting up in the mornings now you know i'm 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 breastfeeding a little baby so i'm getting up at night and um in the wee hours of the morning it's beautiful you're kind Mm. of sitting there with your little one and um the dawns are coming you know and you just with the sounds and the birds and the sky lightning and you're just with your baby and you, you know you everybody says you know just really value this time because it goes by so quickly so i think we're also trying to consciously do that mm. so again that's you know trying to be conscious of what we're going through and what this time is i mean she's yeah. already six weeks and it's yeah. kind of flying by yeah but um i do find as well i, I just appreciate being somehow just a more conscious of our our life and of life you know would be the capital l and just enjoying and appreciating the day basically mm. yeah yeah well it's kind of cool just when you say that life with a capital l because it feels like talking about mindfulness in the context of birth is what that's you know we're talking this really the the core of it is and we're talking about new life mm. Mm. so awesome oh all right I think we did it. That's great. Well, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So I hope you enjoyed my interview with Atra Nusrat. And if you want to learn more about Atra's work or read her blog on meditation in Islam, you can find the links for that over in the show notes at aboutmeditation.com forward slash podcast and look for episode 65 and 66. And if you're a fan of our show, please consider leaving us a rating and a review. That is the best way to help other meditators discover our show. And it's a it's a huge, huge boost for us. So you can do that over at aboutmeditation.com forward slash iTunes. And if you are over at our website, be sure to pick up our Meditation for Life series of guided meditations and a three-part seminar. Those are free, terrific resources for new and experienced meditators. So finally, let's end with a quote. This one is from author Lisa C. And she says, Having a baby is painful in order to show how serious a thing 
life is.